comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Russ feels liberated on this day after Christmas, don't you, Russ? I feel liberated and uh, a slight tinge of anxiety at the same time. Yes. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to, to you. Everyone. Yeah, to everyone listening. Uh, I'll give you a little backstory before we explain what the hell is going on. Roughly 15 minutes ago, I uh, proclaimed on the uh, HHWLOD email, the famous, famous for not being famous, none of you would know about it. Our email threads are legendary uh, in our own minds. Yes. And I just said, I'm bored. I can't take it. I did family Christmas Eve, family Christmas Day. Uh, my daughter's birthday, happy birthday, Ashley, is 11 on today. Uh, um, what is this? Uh, December? Yeah. Yes. December <laughs> December 26th. So we do another little celebration. And I have had it with uh, family, presents, eating, drinking, the whole thing. So I said, let's record something. And here we are. We don't know what it is. <laughs> this is very It's a little more like me to not know what I'm going to say for an hour plus. It is not like you, Rust. <laughs> no. <laughs> to not know. No, and it, it's funny because even when we have quote-unquote off-the-cuff shows, usually we'll like quickly scribble notes or jot things down or have a plan or talk about it ahead of time. Uh, we are totally winging this. We have nothing written Nothing in the queue, nothing planned at all. That That is uh, totally true, and we don't even know who's coming. I think we have one uh, network member that's going to join us in a little bit. Uh, we've told everybody on the email that we're here, we're recording, jump on if you can, so we might have some other friends. The only thing that we have planned about this unplanned event is that we may throw it on every feed in the network. Yeah. Uh, just because we figured we'd give everybody a little taste of what goes on on some of the other shows. Maybe if you're a, only a Walking Dead TV listener or only a you know DC TV listener or who knows, uh, an Out Now or a Jersey show. Maybe you only listen to those specific shows. Uh, we're going to throw this on those feeds as well. Maybe you'll get a little taste of some of the other personalities and junk and, and things that we do. And it's kind of like a holiday break for most other shows. So I don't think there's much coming out. I know it's all connected. doesn't have much coming out right now. Walking Dead, certainly. Um, I guess now the DC shows are mostly all on a break, right? We had the, the mid-season for Constantine. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty bare. Uh, so we figured, what the hell? We'll, we'll throw this out there and see how it goes. So, I don't know. You first, Russ. Give me, <laughs> tell me something that's been on your mind. Or how about a Christmas present? What'd you, what'd you get? What'd you, uh, uh, what's my, happening? So, my wife uh, completely shocked and stunned me uh, by buying me a PlayStation 4 for Christmas. Uh, Fantastic. Yes, I was not expecting it. Um, as, as the person that uh, pays the bills and does the budgeting, uh, she really... Uh, she really did a number by doing this without me really noticing it, so that was awesome. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. Um, because there's nothing worse yes. <laughs> than seeing your own presence yes. on the American Express bill. Yeah, or, or getting some <laughs> or new bill in the mail and being like, okay, how are we going to pay for this now? Um, 
no, but it was fa- fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Usually it involves uh, bringing my son into the fold to do something sneaky. So it's awesome. So she she was, uh, I think, just as happy from to see me happy about opening it as she was uh, uh, as I as I was. So that That's was really great. cool. Yeah. Um, and it was a really cool bundle, too. It was the Destiny bundle. Which is nice because it's it's white, so it's a little bit you know it's not the the standard black uh, PlayStation model, which is kind of cool. It, it'll look nice next to my white Xbox 360 Star Wars edition, so that's cool. And it even came with an extra controller, uh, another an extra white controller, and a copy of NBA 2K15, which I am gonna proudly take that bad boy back to uh, either Best Buy or Walmart and swap that for something I actually want to play. That is a nice bundle, though, for the second. Yeah. You know, it's a Destiny bundle, but you're getting that second uh, game. And it is a popular game, and you really don't need two controllers for Destiny. So you got an extra controller if you did play uh, NBA. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, if I get a fighting game or something like that, it, it's, it'll work kind of cool. Or if I burn through the battery on the one controller, I could just turn that sucker off and flip over to the other one. Um, so, yeah, I was really, really happy with it. Uh, I got it on Christmas Eve, so I, I worked... Uh, so I worked Christmas Eve till they let us out about 1230-ish. I had I had to drive from Austin all the way to Houston um, because, for those of you that may not know, I am in the process of moving from uh, the rural areas of South Austin back to Houston. And uh, this is actually my last week in in the uh, the outback of Texas, to, uh, and I'll be back to Houston. Uh, so anyway, so we were at my son's for Christmas Eve. We went over to my parents'. Uh, we did all that, and uh, so Christmas Day, my wife had to work. 911 does not close on Christmas Day, uh, despite what people may or may not think. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. So she uh, she worked a 12 hours. So uh, I refrained from hooking it up uh, the Christmas Eve evening. Uh, all day Christmas Day, I, I went over to my son's house and, and did a couple things and visited with the grandkids for a little bit. Came back home and was like, okay, I'm going to plug this bad boy in. I've got a few hours where I don't have to do anything. Uh, let the good times roll. And got it all and plugged in. And then North Korea. Yeah, yeah. So I get it all plugged in. It actually updated. You know, it actually it, it, it pulled down a big, like, 250 meg update uh, really quick. Loaded that up. And I put in my, uh, you know, all my stuff. And then I went to, um, to, to log in with my PSN account. And it was having a problem. I thought, oh, well, maybe these updates. Um, I'll go ahead and just hard shut it down, fire it back up again. Uh, same thing. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. And I thought maybe it was my internet, but it wasn't my internet. So I did what anybody else would do. And I uh, took to the Twitter <laughs> where yes. I promptly found about 100 expletive-ridden tweets uh, directed at, at Ask PlayStation and at PlayStation uh, griping about the network. Uh, and, and of course doing some more digging, I found that the Xbox live was down as well, or at least intermittently. And then the PSN was down. And as of this recording at eight fifty seven on 1226 central time, uh, it is still down. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been unbelievable. I'll tell you what I did, which is amazing too. Um, we purchased, um, the wrestling game for my nephew, uh, WWE 2K 15. Nice. And, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute because it's pretty fun. And, um, you know, we cracked that baby open Christmas Day, and it's not – it's not the game is installing, but it's not loading. And uh, I don't put two and two together that it's not opening up because 
the North Koreans have hacked PlayStation, I think I got a bad disc. So, because some of these games won't load, like they look to go to the network to right. get whatever info, see if there's an update, whatever. Long story short, I end up like returning it today, like the worst day of the year. And like on the drive home, you know, after an hour of, no, I don't have my receipt. I bought it as a Christmas present. We just opened it today. And Best Buy was pretty good. They give me another disc, whatever. I'm driving home and I'm like, the network's down. That's why it didn't work. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I think what we're going to do now, we're going to talk more about uh, video games, definitely, because I have a couple of things. But we're going to try to add a special guest here. And we're going to do this on the fly, Russ, and see because... I don't know if I can add call and call out without being contact. Uh. It's ringing. You can't hear that. Oh, you might hear it. We're going to do some magic of editing. Hello? Bradley? Hey, what's up? Hey. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Podcasting friends. Merry Christmas to you guys. How y'all doing? We're doing well. Yeah. If anybody hasn't guessed yet, we have uh, Brad Milo, the godfather of the HHWLOD network, calling from I work. I like it when you call me that. I know you do. I know you do. I'm just kidding. How is your... It makes me a little uncomfortable, but I can deal <laughs> with it. How was your Christmas, Brad? It was good. I actually had two Christmases. I had Christmas on Christmas with half of my family, and then Christmas... Uh, today actually this morning with the other half of my family and I'm actually at work now got called in on my day off it's actually day seven of my week and because of the rules I get double time pay today so that's nice it's like Christmas all over again nice that's yeah that's pretty cool but I'd rather be at home kick back with my feet up Cold one in my hand talking to you guys on Skype. <laughs> yeah, that's basically where we're at. We were just saying that we've uh, we've kind of had it, so this is a nice little departure from festivities. I must say, Brad, well, I listened to the last episode of Half Hour Wasted. Yeah, it was an absolute delight. <laughs> and Why? I say, what happened? I say that with all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say that with all sincerity. I don't know, it was just a really solid episode. Uh, you know, your daughter being on, you guys talking about the Hobbit was great. Uh, and for as, as much guff as we give Bill sometimes, cause we love him dearly. Uh, the, the Santa, uh, the pre-recorded Santa bits were awesome. Like that, I, I laughed, uh, after everyone. Yeah, they were pretty good. <laughs> they're fantastic. good in small doses. So they're good in small doses. You know, the, the, the 10 minute message at the end of the episode was, is a different matter, but the uh, <laughs> the tips for being on Santa's nice list was they were they were pretty awesome. Yeah, and there was some gold in the end too. But uh, yeah, I was yeah, very, there is. I was very impressed. It was a good good show, guys. Well, uh, it's always fun to get together with those guys, and you know, it's we took some time off because I needed it, and it seems like it's it's been more fun the last few times that we've gone back to to recording together and I look forward to it again. So that's a, that's a good sign. I mean, that was the point of taking a break was just to catch my breath and, and feel like I wanted to come back, you know, to have fun doing it. And, um, 
I mean, John and I have always talked about, you know, in our own little conversations, when it gets to be not fun, that's when you don't want to do it anymore. Well, I wanted to avoid that. So I just needed some time and, um, hopefully we'll be back on a semi-regular schedule pretty soon. I would, I, I always have envied you guys, uh, to just be able to sit around a table, you know, and, uh, share a pizza and a beer and, uh, you know, and do the fun stuff that you do. And you could tell, you know, you could tell. I mean, we have a great time doing it on Skype, but there's certainly a bit of a difference, you know? Yeah, there's something about being in the same room. And uh, Russ knows when he and Ken were able to come over to Bill's that one time, and there was like eight or nine of us recording all at once. Yeah. Uh, it was always, it's always fun. And even if it's just the three of us, me and Frank and Bill, um, there's so much that goes on that you don't know about that you can't see. I mean, half the time you can hear Frank laughing at something, and it's probably a a face that I'm making because Bill's going on and on about Dune or something other, you know, something like that. But <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of stuff that that happens, like I said, that is probably really good that the listeners don't know about for various reasons. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, it's always fun. And yeah, there is something about being able to to sit right across the table with somebody, and because you know, other than just the fact that you're hanging out with your friends, you can you can give people a heads up, or you can you know give somebody a clue. You can write a note on a piece of paper and show it to them instead of having to stop and make an edit. You know, like sometimes we'll we'll have to when we're when we're doing Shield or something. You know, hey, let's stop here because I got a question. Blah blah blah. It's just. It's it's fun that way too. Don't get me wrong, but there is something about being able to hang out with each other. And I know that you guys have done that up in New York, um, at least once. Once, yeah. And uh, when I wasn't around, and so uh, it's always fun. I mean, doing this whole thing is is great, and I'm happy that I, uh, you know, am, am a part of it, and that I can call you guys friends. I've never met John in person, not once. Not once. I've seen him on. I've seen him on uh, on Skype once, and uh, he looked a lot different than I had pictured in my head. <laughs> he was much more handsome, absolutely, uh, on Skype than I than I thought he than I thought he was in real life. But uh, when when you think about how long we've been doing this stuff, I mean, you know, like yeah. Bill's kids are like growing up around you guys while you sit in that room. You know what I mean, like. When when I started, oh, yeah. you know, I had like a four year old, and she turned eleven, you know, yesterday, right? Today, yeah, whatever day it's crazy. It is. You know, you 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 can understand everything Sage says now, and you couldn't <laughs> back yeah. then. Yeah, and that was you know that was part of the fun. But my older daughter's gone through two or three boyfriends since we started, so that's uh, we became crazy, a grandpa but... twice. That's right. Wow, Gramps. Too young to be a grandpa, but I guess it don't matter. Yeah. None of this matters. <laughs> so would you? So what did y'all? Uh, did, you, did you guys score for Christmas? Uh, yeah, I, I. You know I, when I when you say that out loud, it almost sounds callous. Like I don't want it to sound that way. It's not meant to sound that way. You know, like hey, did you did you clean up for Christmas? You know, like that's all that matters. But it, it certainly isn't. But you know, we as friends and and geeks can't help but say, hey, what did you get? Did you get anything cool? I don't want anybody to think that that's all we care about is getting cool stuff because 
I know we're all family guys and, and, uh, that's what's most important, but it is fun to say, Hey, what'd you get? Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you start Brad? We, I, I, I kind of went earlier, but. Well, I, I didn't get a lot of big stuff. Um, and that's fine with me. Uh, but I got some cool Captain America sleep pants and <laughs> I got, the um, my, uh, my, this, my, they gave my two daughters gave me those uh, as one, uh, from both of them. And then, my younger daughter, uh, Allison, gave me the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, vinyl, deluxe edition vinyl with the two discs. So I got the, all the cool old 70s and 80s songs on one and then uh, the score on another record. So that's cool. That is and cool. And I got oh, to wow. show, yeah, I got to show my, uh, Allison uh, what it was like to put a neat put a record on a record player and then put a needle on a record and listen to the pops and scratches and dust and all that. She thought that was the coolest thing ever. She's 15 and she's not, I don't think she's ever been exposed to a record player before, which is crazy to say out loud. But anyways, did you um, have one readily? Awesome. Uh, did you have one like readily hooked up? Cause I actually got a little vinyl for myself this Christmas. Uh, I got the animated, um, and I think Russ got this as well from yes. Mondo. We ordered the animated Batman. They did like a limited edition uh, record single, and and the record Brad is shaped like the bat symbol. Oh wow! And it's it has really cool cover art and everything. And I got it, and I like kind of want to listen to it as a novelty. And I don't even have a record player. Well, my dad has the old phonograph hooked up with his stereo system at his house, so when uh, we were able to play on that. The old hi-fi. Yeah. Yeah. My older daughter gave me a bunch of stuff. One of my favorite things she gave me was, you know those old clocks? Okay, remember the clock in Groundhog Day? Every time he'd, they would show the, the thing flip, the, the numbers flip from 559 to 6 yeah, in sure. the yep. morning? Yep. You know those numbers that fall forward and reveal a new number? Yep. Well, on the shirt I have, it's one of those clocks, and the numbers are replaced with the letters T-A and then C-O. So the shirt itself means taco time. And, of course, it's always taco time. We know this. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shirts. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I got some other stuff, you know, some cool stuff, but uh, I went kind of hog wild on my kids. And my brothers, two boys, my nephews, I, I think they got 90% of the things I gave them all Iron Man because Iron Man is each one of them's favorite hero. And, uh, okay, all right, listen to this. My brother's older boy, his name's Keller, he's 10 or 11. He loves rummaging through all of my boxes of old action figures and things like that. It's hard to tell him no because I know he's going to break some. And inevitably, he always does, but I let him play with him anyway because I love him, right? So I thought, this year, I'm going to give him a big boy action figure. I gave him a Marvel Select Iron Man. It's the one where he's flying, and and the stand is actually like some smoke that looks like it's coming out of his boot jets. Oh, that's cool. And um, so in my head, I didn't say it out loud, but in my mind, I was thinking, now we're going to see how it feels when your little brother breaks this action figure <laughs> so but anyways um we had a good christmas you know all the family that was in town was in, was in and um it was good times what did, what did you guys get 
Russ got a PlayStation 4, which he has uh, laid on us already. Yes. Um, I really, I, I, I got, yeah, I, I, I did like the gift card thing. I got a bunch of gift cards from different places. The, the one gift that a few different uh, members teamed up for me uh, because I asked for it was uh, I got the Sopranos Blu-ray collection. Nice. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched The Sopranos since the last episode aired, and it was one of my favorite shows for a lot of years, and I'm looking forward to uh, starting over again and uh, and checking that all out. And, and you know, I, I'm a Blu-ray collector, so that's a nice piece to add to. Um, it's a sure. giant set. Yeah, it's a giant big box set. Um, and there's a whole disc of extras and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to digging into that. I, I, I want to rewatch Sopranos, certainly, and I want to rewatch Galactica soon. I think I'm ready for Battlestar Galactica again. Um, I'm not ready for Lost again yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm getting close to Lost. I've, that's my favorite show of all time. I've only seen it the one time. I, well, I've seen each season twice except for the last season because I would rewatch everything before the new one came on, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, didn't that show first air like over 10 years ago already? Yeah, wow. right at 10. I think 04. Yeah, so I think September 04 is when it when yeah. it started. So we are approaching... Yeah, you're right, Russ, because I remember some life events right around there that... that pinpoints that to, to that year but um we're approaching the four or five year mark that it's actually been gone off the air so it's almost been that long four years at least since i've seen the last episode so i think i'm i'm ready to start that adventure again that's going to be awesome i don't know if it did it didn't bother me when it was happening because the show always kept you guessing and it went in different directions the whole trip I don't know if I could sit through the episodes that I know mean nothing now. You know, like those well, episodes that, that was so important that women couldn't get pregnant on this island. You know, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if, if I, those might bother me now, knowing the end. Well, I think that there, in my opinion, there's only one episode that I wouldn't watch that's completely 100% useless. Nikki and that's and Paolo. about... No, because oh, okay. there are other things that happen in those episodes. The one about Jack's tattoos and the flashback about him getting a tattoo, that episode, I think, was 100% completely useless. And there's absolutely no point in, in watching that because it doesn't advance anything at all. There's not even one morsel that I can recall of other stuff. But uh, I would watch every other episode for sure, and I, I look forward to that. Nice. The going back I, to the Sopranos, the one episode that I could probably watch a hundred times in a row if if I if I had to is the one I can't remember what season. I want to say season three or season four, and it's it's with Christopher and Polly. Lost when, in the woods. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, frozen ketchup packets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the best episode ever. Oh my god, I laughed so much. It was just so funny. And this guy got away, and they're chasing him and shooting at him. And oh my god, 
Oh, that would kill me. I've never seen one episode of The Sopranos. Oh, my. Yeah, you're missing out. For sure. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what people say about Breaking Bad, and, and I've never seen one episode of that, and I refuse to watch it because there's no way it could ever live up to the hype. <laughs> and I, re- I refuse to be disappointed by another television show. Yeah. yeah. It, John, do you ever have you either? You guys caught the? Uh, it's a Netflix original, but it's actually it's actually a Norwegian show that um, that they imported in called Lilyhammer. No, and it and it has Stephen Van Zandt in it, and uh, it's really funny. Uh, it it I think they're like six or eight episode seasons, and there's only three seasons. Um, but the third season. Um, they actually have uh, the guy that played uh, that played Silvio in. He's he's the brother of 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 Steve Van Zant, the guy that played Paulie. And uh, at one point in the in the in the end of the season, there's like a senile old, old man in Norway. And and the the premise of the show is that um, Stephen Van Zant's character worked for the mob, and he. Um, he was going to be indicted. They were afraid he was going to turn on them, so they so the mob put a hit out on him. Well, once they did that, it pissed him off, and he did turn state state's evidence on him. And so after seeing the Olympics in Norway, he decided he wanted to go to Lilyhammer. So he entered witness protection um, in Lilyhammer, which is kind of a it's kind of a, it's kind of a silly show to begin with. But in the third season, there's this senile old man in Norway, and he looks at at Stephen Van Zandt's character, and just it's totally offhanded. But he calls him Silvio just just offhandedly, and then kind of they they never really dwell on it. Um, it was really funny, and there there's somebody else that makes a a guest appearance in the third season of that show that is just knowing if you know very much about Stephen Van Zandt and who he is, it's it's really it's really funny. Um, but it's it's definitely worth checking out if you want just kind of a silly um, mob related type show, but. But uh, yeah, and there's there's not like I said there's not that many episodes to, to burn through, but it's it's uh, it's pretty funny. Hey guys, um, like I said, I'm at work. Um, I need to get back to it. My supervisor is giving me the stink eye. Gotcha. Wait a minute, that's something else. The stink eye is something completely different. The evil eye is what I meant to say. Right. I don't even want to go into what a stink eye is, but uh, it's always good to talk to you guys. And uh, uh, I wish you guys a happy new year. Hopefully, we'll talk. Soon again, yes. yeah. All right, Merry New Year. Yep, you too. I look, I look forward to uh, talking about uh, Agent Carter real soon with you guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. All right, take care. Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year to you yes. guys. Same you, sir. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Later. <clears throat> the Sopranos was probably my first like adult experience with like the water cooler show. Yeah. Uh, because I was probably what, I don't know, mid twenties when it started. And I just, I was only a couple of years into like my first real job out of college, you know, teaching and being in the faculty room with teachers talking about the Sopranos every Monday. (laughs) It was a pretty big, um, you know, cultural experience at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was back uh, back then. We had cable and we had HBO, so I was able to watch it regularly um, before cable kind of got to where it was like ridiculous amount of money to 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 have all that and HBO. But um, but yeah, it was a big deal. I remember they they kind of had 
I forget between what seasons it was. It was like a year and a half break or something like that. It was almost like a Mad Men thing where it went away a lot longer than uh, than the other shows. Maybe it was between seasons five and six that it, it had a, a kind of a big break. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like the first show that that wasn't just like a geeky uh, thing or, or you know whatever. It was it was you know an like you said an adult serious TV show that everybody was talking about. Right. That wasn't Mash. <laughs> yes. So I, I did want to backtrack a little bit from before we uh, we had Brad jump in uh, there. We, we were doing the the PlayStation thing. I watched the interview <laughs> ah. because I had to, and I think in the long run, all of this is going to make this movie a lot more money than it would have if none of it happened. Probably. Uh, they're getting, I think it was smart that they went, you know, video on demand immediately. I think it ended up being available on Christmas, right? On Christmas yeah. Eve or Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they did $6 rentals, I believe, was the going rate, which, you know, listen, it wasn't like forced to buy it for $14.99, like you get a lot of times when stuff hits uh, on demand early. You know, it was a nice spot between like two ninety nine, where you can rent a five-year-old movie and, you know, nine ninety nine, where you're – Looking at new stuff, you know what I mean. It was. Yeah. A, I, I thought six dollars was like a fair. That's an absolutely fair price. Right, right. Uh, because you could go to a theater and pay eight to ten, and now I'm, ha- you know, I have it for six in my living room, and anybody that comes over can watch it, whatever. So I thought that was smart, and I think a lot of people will rent it like just out of curiosity. And I don't know. I know the budget on those types of comedies is not big, so they usually make money even if they don't pull in a huge box office. But, like, I would have never gone out and seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the that's the big thing is a movie like that, you know, you're getting somebody that, that'll pay 6 bucks that won't pay 12 Right, right. So I think the combination of um, it was a reasonable price to see it at home and just because of all the commotion that it caused, I had a, I had a no for myself. So... I watched the interview. I, you know, it's funny. So now the reviews start popping up and, um, you know, you hear a lot of things like, oh, you know, we figured it would be a smart, you know, political satire. And I didn't figure it was going to be a smart political satire. (laughs) I figured it was going to be exactly what it was, which was James Franco and Seth Rogen doing, you know, pee pee and poo-poo and fart jokes <laughs> and you know a ridiculous kim jong-un and you know and, and it totally was and i laughed like a bunch of times it's totally ridiculous you know it's i'm trying to think of other stuff they did where this would fit right in you know pineapple, pineapple express, express. Yeah, yeah exactly there's nothing to it there's no satire it's just ridiculousness and they're James Franco. I I think he's kind of underrated as a ridiculous comedian, (laughs) you know, like he, he does other roles that maybe don't work out as well. You know, I thought he was fine in the, in the planet of the apes in, um, in rise, 
you know, I thought he was fine. And I know he's done like some other roles. I, I can't name any of them off the top of my head. And I guess that's the point. There's one he, he did where wasn't he like the naval officer with Derek Luke? I forget the name of that movie. But it it's been a few years since that that's been out. Yeah. That's gonna drive me nuts now, but yeah. He's much better in like the end of the world and yeah. Pineapple Express and he just fits right in with those guys. And he was his his character is real is supposed to be like a totally shallow T V host who's like not intelligent at all, and he's just, you know, good-looking and dumb. And he does a really good job with that stuff, and Rogan is, like, the straight man, which is funny in itself, because, yeah, you know, he he's one of those comedians for me, like, anything he does. It's like Will Ferrell, you know, 10 years ago. Anything Seth Rogen does, I just start laughing, <laughs> um, except Green Hornet, but... So anyway, it's like a lot of stupid laughs. Am I recommending it? No. I'm not saying go pay $6. You have to see it. Uh, you know, you'll catch it on Netflix one day or on cable TV. and You'll get some laughs out of it and stuff. Um, I do enjoy Lizzie Kaplan. She, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Lizzie Kaplan. Um, she, she plays a, uh, I guess you've seen it. You've seen everything sure. you need to see in the trailers, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the movie longer. Uh, and there's some funny stuff and things get stuck up people's butts purposely <laughs> and on accident. I mean, it's just what you can imagine. But anyway, so I had to do it. I had to know why my PlayStation network isn't working <laughs> and I can totally see why North Korea is pissed, <laughs> but, but, uh, so that's it. Nice. Speaking of yeah. Lizzie Kaplan, have you watched that? I guess it's the Showtime show, uh, Masters of Sex. I have not. She's like, in that show. Yes, she is. Uh, whichever the female of Masters and/or Johnson is, which shows my absolute ignorance. Um, but she is one or the other. I believe it's Johnson, but don't quote me. All right. I would probably watch it now. Yeah. What else? Did I want to do anything else on the... Uh... Oh, real quick. Um, we did get my nephew the uh, 2K wrestling video game. And this one cool part... It's a fun game. It's a fighting game. It's a wrestling game. There's tons of guys to unlock. And you get Undertaker. And you get Undertaker's old costume. And the, you know the recent Undertaker. And the one in between... That's how they're making their money, like the variation of costumes and entrance music and, you know, sure, all that stuff for a big wrestling fan. It's, it's uh, attractive to try to, you know, if you can win this match without taking any damage, you unlock this wrestler. You know, that's the that's how the game works, um, which is cool. But the one thing I really liked and I wonder if it would ever catch on and I don't know other genres of games where it could catch on. Uh, they have a creator create a wrestler function yes. where you're starting from scratch and you're putting together the guy's moves and his look and, and they allow you to upload your creations and anybody with the game can now go through the library of other people's creations and download them to your own machine. That's cool. It was very cool because it's a very painstaking process. Yes. And there are people that go 
nuts and like create layers on top of layers just to get the guy's hair exactly <laughs> right or to get the exact tattoo that he had. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, you can go banana. You could spend hours designing the trunks on your 1987 Ric Flair. You know, <laughs> if you want, I don't want to do that, but I would like to download 86 Ric Flair and beat <laughs> my nephew with him. Yes. So I thought that was really cool to be able to, and people rate them like, oh, you see, oh, that looks like Jimmy Superfly Snooker, but, you know, and then people say five stars, perfect move set, you know, exactly like the guy, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'll download this one. You know what I mean? So, wow. yeah, it's really opened up a huge, like, second game you know, creating wrestlers and, and, you know, people I'm sure are uploading them. And then there's the like really highly rated, you know, you can sort it by the uploader. Like, you know, so-and-so makes really good wrestlers. So you can look at his whole set that he's uploaded, you oh, know, that's sweet. Yeah, it, it was, it was really cool. And, and again, it added some fun. Like I haven't watched wrestling in a number of years, so it was fun for me to say, I'm going to download, you know, superstar Billy Graham from 1977 (laughs) and you can be whoever you want. You know, I don't care. I'm going to be Jesse Ventura, you know? (laughs) So, so that was a lot of fun. So definitely a plus add some life to the game. You know, you can do creator wrestlers to your heart, you know, content if you've completed all the other unlockables and, and everything else. So that was cool. So that's a, I recommend that one for wrestling fans and I have fun playing it. I mean, I don't know the storylines and stuff, but I, you know, it's a fighting game, you know, square to punch and X to kick. Yes. 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 It all works. Yeah. I'm excited to jump back into the modern gaming era. It's funny as we're putting our duties, uh, nominations together and, and about to have that episode here pretty quick. Um, the video game category for me is almost like a straight blank because uh, this has been the year of the new console. I don't have either console. My PC is good, but not fantastic. And just time. I haven't had a lot of time this year. Just crazy stuff going on uh, in 2014. So I, I've been kind of out of the loop a bit. So one of the things I'm most anxious for with the new consoles is to kind of be able to jump in and stay a little more relevant to to some of these newer games, especially I think the consoles are starting to hit their stride now. We're starting to get some stuff out that really looks the part and is 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 going to you know take advantage of that next gen uh, hardware. And you know a lot of the games that were supposed to come out in 14 are pushing to early 15. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to being able to jump in there for 2015. Yeah, I, I'd say you know the last three months or so, it's really started to kick in. You know, with games that weren't just ported over from the last gen, you know, the first Call of Duty on the next gen was Ghosts, which came out on everything. And now we have Advanced Warfare, which has totally when you play that, you're like, all right, this is a new Call of Duty, um, which is cool. And, and, you know, things like Alien and uh, Shadows of Mordor and. Yeah, exactly. And even like Destiny for sure. for its good and bad was a big launch for for next gen. Uh the Dragon Age, the new Dragon Age is really big. 
and like you said, there's a lot of cool stuff on the way. So I, I think you know the first six, seven months having the new consoles was kind of slow, um, but the last three have been really good, and I'm I'm looking forward to. I mean, we still haven't gotten. You know, have we gotten? A, no, we haven't gotten a Halo yet, a real Halo. We've no. gotten the reboot. We haven't gotten a Gears of War. We haven't gotten a God of War. Um, no. Right. So a ton of staples for these systems haven't hit the next gen yet. Yeah, I guess this coming year we're gonna get another. The I guess Final Fantasy 15, from what I understand, we'll get uh, another Uncharted. I guess Uncharted 4. That's kind of another big one in that in that franchise. Uh, we'll get Arkham uh, Arkham Knight, which that one is one that was supposed to be a 2014 game, you know, because that's kind of been their their deal is the November release for an Arkham game every year, uh, and that one got pushed. So I'm looking forward to that. Just the the stuff I see with the Batmobile and the and the character models and stuff like that. It looks really sharp. Yeah, that one uh, actually scares me. That took a beating in early reviews and test runs and stuff. Yeah. Apparently, like, you know, they tried to add the Batmobile, like you said, into it, and uh, it was a disaster. It was a little too much. Like, they, they said it was a little too much Batmobile, or it, it just didn't really... They didn't really utilize it right. So it's kind of funny that, you know, after that kind of feedback, that they went and pushed the game. So I'm I'm hoping that more of it was they got some feedback... They decided to retool, uh, make some changes, and and improve upon the game, and that it's not just because it was running late. So, yeah, yeah. video games. Yeah, video games. Anything TV wise you've been watching lately? I mean, I guess we should talk about the end of Sons of Anarchy. It's probably yeah safe at this point. Yeah, if if not, you know, fast forward five or ten minutes. I will say, uh, you know, even without going into too much plot, I will say they know how to end the show. Um, they didn't leave anything that I can think of hanging. Jax pretty much went around and killed everybody that we wanted him to kill. It was a very Godfather kind of ending. You know, he settled all debts, took care of everything that was outstanding, and, you know, kind of did it in such a way that it was all on him more so than anyone else. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. I enjoy the Marilyn Manson character in this last <laughs> season. Yeah. Oof. He did a creepy good job. You know, I thought the resolution with, you know, with uh, Juice was good. And, and like I said, Jax kind of went around and, and cleaned house. I guess I was a little surprised, big spoiler, that he ended up killing Gemma. Yeah. I mean, it's always been a show where you were rooting for bad guys. Yeah. But I guess I always expected, you know, either Jax to be dead and Gemma to walk off with the kids or Jax to finally get out and walk off with the kids. Like, I expected that one last plan that nobody knew about. Yeah. Yeah, if, that, if that's the one thing that kind of threw me for a loop for a bit is after six seasons of there always being a behind-the-scenes plan that got worked out, you know, to where he came out on top or at least staved everything off to, to you know, push it down the road a bit. 
for that not to have happened with this final season, I guess I can't say it disappointed me. I guess it, it just it, it just was different than what I thought. It, it was it was interesting. I I, uh, uh, I I think it it kind of gave us a new perspective on what happened to his father with what happened to JT. Right. Um, I think they kind of uh, set that straight. Um, at least in my mind, I, th- I think they did. They kind of dropped the fact that Gemma killed JT, that she was in on it. Yeah, and the more I, you know, the more I think about that, though, and the more they, they kind of touched on that a little bit this season and made it seem like JT also, like either he knew they jacked with his motorcycle or he purposely slid up under that. 18 wheeler at that spot they kind of they kind of hinted at the fact that he killed himself as well right um which then again is what Jax does at the end so yeah so it, but it was ambiguous i mean it wasn't definitive like that's that's what happened but I, I i it's one of those where the more i think about it the more i'm okay with it i think initially i i was a little taken aback by the ending um but you know the more i kind of think back on it you know, the fact that he burned everything, like he burned the manuscript, he burned all the photos, he burned every like he wanted the only trace that he's leaving for his boys of his other life um, was the ring. He gave him the ring that said son because um, he had his sons of anarchy, you know, the two rings that he yeah, always put together. Yeah. So he gave him the one, but everything else he completely burned uh, and, and made it clear to. Nero that he wanted Wendy to sell the house, sell TM to get rid of everything, um, you know, to 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 make it a clear cut, you know, for his boys to to kind of not be a part of that life. Um, you know, it's funny we talked about it at the beginning of the season. I wasn't a real fan of the premise, you know, that 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 kind of set things in motion. I thought it was a little contrived in places, but. It's one of those things where after about three or four episodes, I just kind of got over that. I was just like, well, I can't I can't fault this for what I want it to be. I just yeah. have to go. You, you know, what are they making the best with the, the way they decided to go down this road? Um, and I think they did. I, I think, like I said, I think it it ended and ended pretty well. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite season. Right. Uh, but right. I thought it re- like you said, it ended well. And I'll give that to the final like three. You know, it it, yeah. it went really hard at the end. Um, and it wasn't, even though, you know, Jax did go around and kill some major players, it, it really wasn't like, who's going to die this week? Yeah. You know, Chibs made it, and, uh, and Tig made it, and, you know, they patch in a bunch of new guys there at the end. And, you know, it's it's yeah. not like it was just... Everybody dies in the last three episodes. It, it wasn't like that at all. The people yeah. that had to definitely did. But um, but I, I thought it was well done. Now, am I imagining this, or is there going to be a prequel miniseries? There, I guess I was reading yesterday that Kurt Sutter announced, and the way he made it sound is this is a done deal. It's going to be a prequel movie. He's got Charlie Hunnam on to play Jax, and Brad Pitt is going to play JT. Get out of here! Yeah, and he, <laughs> Sutter made it sound like it's a done deal, like it's it's gonna happen. No, wow. I it seemed like a little bit maybe wishful thinking, but I don't know. But yeah, they made it sound like it's a complete done deal, and it, apparently the movie's gonna take place from. 
I guess, right at Jax's birth up until the point where he, you know, the show starts. And, and they're going to bring back Opie and uh, the guy that, the actor that played Opie um, and everything. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, they work that in. But, yeah, apparently Kurt Sutter says the one thing when he's walking down the street, he said people actively, like, curse and yell at him uh, was for killing Opie. Like, he gets right. more flack for killing Opie than anything else he's done in that show. Uh, but yeah, uh, Katie Seagal's back as Gemma, the whole the whole nine yards. Wow. So we'll see if it actually happens. They're talking like filming next year kind of thing. Wow. I watched, and I think you're way behind, and this is kind of newer spoiler, so maybe I'll be careful, but uh, the Christmas episode of Doctor Who was on, of course, yesterday. Yeah, you can, I'm I think I only saw, I haven't seen any Doctor Who this season, and it's not really that big of a deal to me if you spoil it. I mean, I'll catch up with it eventually, but um, I'll probably forget half of what you said anyway, so uh, <laughs> well, not, not a big deal. Uh, well, here's the, the first of all, I, I, I did not love the season. I liked the season. I didn't love the season, uh, and I didn't love the Christmas episode. I, I liked the Christmas episode. Um, I think they tried a little too hard. Um, we did have Nick Frost as Santa Claus, which was pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, I won't spoil, you know, the the circumstances which Santa Claus would show up in a in a Doctor Who episode. I'm going to spoil this one part. So again, if you're waiting to watch that Doctor Who Christmas special, maybe zip ahead, you know, a minute, a couple minutes. They totally baited us into believing that Jenna Coleman was done. Uh, I don't know if you were up on any of that news, Russ. Yeah, uh, yeah, they ca- yeah, I did hear that she was going to they were going to have a new companion and everything else and then I did hear a report like yesterday that oh she signed on for the next season. So yeah, I was, yeah, I was, it was all a lie. Yeah, it was <laughs> it <laughs> wow. was all a lie. Um I at one point was pretty sure that she was going to be the new doctor. And that's why they were saying she she was leaving as the companion. Ah. Uh, but they were flat out just lying that she wasn't coming back. And it worked. I mean, everybody was kind of fooled. And they, and they left it at the end of the season that she was done with the doctor. And he, he, he was telling a lie so that she wouldn't feel bad and, she, and, and vice versa. So they both kind of said... I know this is the better for the other person, so I'm going to tell this lie so they won't feel as bad and go our separate ways. Hmm. Uh, and then this Christmas episode happens. A bunch of stuff goes down that I won't spoil. And at the end, they are holding hands, running back into the TARDIS. So Clara is back, which I love. Jenna. I think Jenna Coleman's awesome. I was actually rooting for the first female doctor, and I thought they left some breadcrumbs and... With Peter Capaldi's age and like history, I thought it was possible that he would do this for one season and then go back to the theater or do a couple of movies. You know what I mean? Like sure, yeah. it, it didn't surprise me that he wouldn't be in on for the long haul for Doctor Who. Right. Um, but I was wrong with that. But uh, yeah, so Clara is coming back and uh, I'm excited I hope that having this season under their belt will smooth some things over because it, it was a big – the season was a big change in that 
I don't want to call it sexual tension, but there is always that little bit of, is the doctor flirting with Amy Pond? Is, sure, sure. You know, is Jenna, and it got stronger. Did you see the last Matt Smith season? Yes, yes, I did. Okay. It was, to me, and, and you can interpret it different ways, it wasn't even flirting with it anymore. Like, they were, like, in love with each other at yeah. the end of that yeah, because he know. was actively like nervous around her and not sure how to carry himself, like like a like a little schoolboy, which right. he, he didn't even with Amy. I think with with Amy Pond, it was kind of the reverse. Like she she kind of fought how she felt about him, and he was very clear to try and even though he may have been attracted to her, to, to kind of steer. He he actively tried to steer clear of it, whereas this doctor didn't. Where, whereas with with uh, with Clara, he didn't actively try and steer away from right. So so in this season, it starts off Clara expecting the doctor, even though he looks different, to be the same person. Mm. And the doctor not being the same person. Like, he's not even like, I love Clara, but I have to back off now because I'm an old man. He <laughs> just, like, doesn't even feel it anymore. Right. Like, he, he, and it's not that he doesn't love her, but it's totally different. Like, now she's a daughter figure type or you know, a sister, you know, you know what I'm getting at. Sure, sure, um, sure. So, like, it takes her a while f- to figure that out, and then she gets her own boyfriend, which, like, bothers the doctor, not, you know, he's probably, like, a little jealous that she doesn't have it for him anymore or that this other guy is taking up her thoughts and time rather than her doing what she'd be doing with the doctor. And they made her, like soulmates with this guy Danny Pink is the character way too quickly like you couldn't believe I couldn't believe that she went from being all about the Matt Smith doctor to now met her soulmate who is a substitute teacher at her school you know what I mean like it was it was kind of forced and then that ends for a reason that I won't give away so like you know what I mean it's been very like disjointed Gotcha. So I'm hoping now they have it figured out. Like they're just like best friends and they shouldn't have left each other. Now they're back together and they're going to time travel and whatever. So that was kind of long winded. But um, so I'm hoping Doctor Who is better next year. That's all I really meant to say. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to, like I said, I, I, I've been meaning to catch up. I just, it's just kind of on that list of, of stuff. Yeah, it's a big list of stuff. Yeah. I, I started Marco Polo. Ooh, yes. I'm interested. And so the first episode, it it is one of the best shot episodes of television I think I may have seen in quite a long time. I mean, it's it's extremely cinematic, very widescreen, almost like David Lean, you know, Lawrence of Arabia kind of kind of style. Um, and, you know, especially in high def, it looks fantastic. Um the story, at least in the in the pilot episode, was kind of all over the place and very disjointed. Like I, I, I had a I had a hard time at, for a while, like following what what this thing was really trying to be. Like, is this, you know, more the story of Marco Polo and his family? Is it more the story of how they're opening trade routes? Is it the f- story of the Kublai Khan and you know his his struggle over Mongolia and trying to you know stretch into into greater china you know like what's really going on here so i i i was 
kind of torn because I was like, this is the greatest looking episode I probably don't like very much. Wow. Um, and so I, I started looking at reviews. There's a couple other podcasts I listened to, and they kind of felt the same way about the pilot. Uh, and everybody keeps keeps saying, just give it a few more episodes. Like once episode three kicks in, you know, it really kicks in and, and you know, things kind of settle down. So I said, OK, I'm going to I'll give it at least four episodes. And if it doesn't if it doesn't pull me in by episode four, then I'll I'll probably put it on the shelf for a while and maybe come back to it later. So I watched the second episode and it definitely started to pick up. And uh, there's a scene in there, and I, I, I think I emailed you about this earlier, John. I was like, yeah. so it's it's basically the, the premise is without without spoiling too much is uh, the the emperor has has passed, and I, it's his consort, which I guess is basically his his uh, live-in girlfriend, um, is kind of on the outs. And so the folks that are kind of that have kind of like taken over because the the new emperor is just is basically a child like it's it's, you know, like he's, you know, four years old or whatever. So obviously he can't rule. So she's kind of on the outs. And so basically these guards come in and, and the new regent or whatever says that, you know, basically it's OK for these cards to have their way with her. And at first she starts to kind of play coy with them. She strips naked um, and then proceeds to to take all three of them out completely naked, um, <laughs> which uh, is 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 good on many levels, but uh, it, it was tasteful. Like this could have been nudity for nudity's sake, and I th- I think you know sometimes with these HBO Showtime Cinemax shows, you know it's clear that they're catering to that audience. Like it's just like we're just going to be edgy because we know people like boobies. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's Spartacus. Yes. Perfectly fine. Um, but it can, you know, when the plot suffers from it, it it gets a little old. This was done so well because she has like really long hair and they, they shot things to where, you know, it just wasn't like all in your face, so to speak. Um, and the fight was choreographed. Awesome. Um, and she looked really good. And after that moment, I was like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm on board for this show. Um, cause that was really well done. Uh, and that was about halfway through the episode. And then it kind of picks up from there. There's, there's like a big battle scene and then, uh, the Kublai Khan fights his brother and it's kind of like this one-on-one match, uh, that's done and it's, it's done really, really well. Uh, so it definitely picked up. It, it's just funny that the things I find intriguing about the show aren't the Marco Polo character so much as everyone around him, like all of the other Chinese characters, uh, and and some of the people that he interacts with, I think, are far far more compelling uh, than than the actor they chose to to play Marco Polo. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with it and and see where it goes. Yeah, that's cool. I would I would be interested in that if if they're doing, you know, if they're doing the large scale battle thing, and you know, th- throw in some martial arts with some like political intrigue type stuff. Um, I don't know that that's what they're going for, but that sounds interesting to me. Yeah. Have you heard of the show uh, Badlands that is headed for AMC? No. It went straight to series. It's a it's a done deal. I think it's going to be fall. Um, it's a martial arts television show for AMC. 
Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find a mighty warrior and a young boy search for enlightenment enlightenment in a ruthless territory controlled by feudal barons. So it sounds like maybe, you know, like a traveler type thing, like maybe the old Kung Fu show kind of, or, um, like lone wolf and cub, but maybe not exactly not, not such a young companion, maybe an older companion. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he's maybe, you know, preteen, teen, something like that. But supposedly, I don't know, it tested really well. The scripts are, looking very strong and, and AMC went to series on it. So there will be, you know, the first season I'm looking forward to that. There's not too much info on it yet, but I'd like to see the trend of, you know, a little more martial arts on TV. I think, you know, I think it, it's done really well where we've seen it. You know, we got a little in like Nikita, you get a little in uh, agents of shield, things like that, where they mix it in. Um, and I'm assuming there's going to be a whole lot, in um in iron fist sure sure it has to be right yeah so and even even like arrow you know they kind of mix a lot of that in you know with arrow yeah um, that's a, that's a, a great uh, example as well i didn't even think of that because i stopped watching it but um why don't you tell me about that a- arrow this season yeah i mean arrow is really i think it really improves season over season i think it's just definitely one of those shows uh uh they're, it's funny, they did the crossover, the Flash Arrow crossover, and a lot of people were real high on the Flash side and not quite as high on the Arrow side. Um, but I was a really big fan of both. Like, I thought they were both very well done. I really hope, moving forward, uh, they do this annually. I know they say it's hard to pull off because, I guess, one show tapes in Vancouver and the other tapes maybe in L.A. or something. Like, they're... Or, they're almost on opposite coasts where they tape the shows um, or very far away from each other. So it's hard to kind of schedule it to where there's a break in both shows tapings to where they can kind of get the crews together to to do, to do both. But um, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's, I think for me, like flash is like the surprise hit of the season. I mean, I, I thought it would be good. I didn't think it would be great. And, I'm I'm really really digging it. It's it's it like and you've used this example before, John. Um, it, it it knows what it is and it doesn't shy away from being what it is. You know, it just fully embraces you know what it is. And what's amazing to me, and we, I haven't watched Arrow only because I fell behind, not because I thought it was bad or or whatever. Like you said, it's that long list of of things to catch up on. Um. I sit down and watch Flash with my two daughters every week, which is awesome uh, because it's so much fun. And it doesn't seem to have as many um, adult situations maybe yes. as Arrow. Correct. Um, which is cool because, you know, my youngest again is 11. So it's kind of like we're like right on the borderline of breaching, you know, all this kind of stuff in, on TV and movies and, and whatever. Anyway, different podcast. Um, <laughs> but they... They're figuring out how to do things on Flash that, like, much bigger budgeted movies fail in doing. Yes. How many times has a Spider-Man movie trod, like, the multiple villain thing? Flash does it with ease. Yeah. Uh, You know, again, the costume. Like, no, we're not toning it down. He's red. 
<laughs> he's yeah. he's yeah. got a lightning bolt on him and <laughs> lightning bolt ears. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and we're just going to do it. And the, the one thing we're spoiling the duties, I know, because we're going to have this conversation again. But whoever figured out the special effects for the speed deserves a raise and some kind of Emmy or something. Yes. Yes. The flash has way better special effects than the walking dead. than agents of shield. Sure. Um, you know, I'm sure we can go on. They've nailed. I never roll my eyes. He's in like slow motion, leaving a blur, like punching people off the ground. And, and I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Yes. Like, I, I can't imagine them doing something different for like the Justice League or Flash movie, you know, when they happen. Like, yeah, they, they found the right mix, you know, because it's it's not I don't know how to explain this right. Like they do the where you just see the blur top down kind of racing through the city, sometimes first person perspective kind of thing. Uh and then they mix it up every so often. I think, you know, where it's like, okay, we got a little bit extra budget. Let's do this. Where they do the slow-mo, you know, where, you know, slow everything down. He's moving through the scene, doing something cool, and then speeds back up again. Uh, and it just it just works really well. And, and I like the fact that even if they had unlimited budget, I wouldn't want them to do it that way all the time. So it's kind of cool that they're able to... to to balance it out between having him move so fast you can't really see and the blur effect is just awesome and and then the slow-mo parts and then sometimes they they seamlessly switch between both of them just on the fly and it just it just works really really well yeah and even even the, the, the you know the things we complained about early on with arrow uh you know the cw-ness sure. of it you know, the love triangles and stuff for some reason. And maybe it's just because I I'm enjoying the show otherwise so much something about the relationship or not relationship in flash just doesn't bother me as much. Like yeah. I totally buy it for some reason and you know, it, it works and I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but I know in the beginning of arrow, you know, there were a lot of like, man, this is so CW, yes. you know, with all the beautiful people in high ranking positions, which how the hell did this 23 year old, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, and, and I don't know, they just, they just pull it off a little bit better in flash. Yeah, definitely. And obviously if you're listening to this on the, uh, on the DC TV podcast feed, you, you've, gotten your fill of opinions on all of this from Jim and Daryl and Richard and um, yes. Ian and all those all those guys. Uh, and, and, and if you're listening to this on the Walking Dead feed, I didn't mean special effects like makeup. I love Greg Nicotero. <laughs> yes. I meant, I, meant visu- I meant CGI is what S- I meant. Special effects, not visual effects. Right. Yes. I meant the CGI, yes. which we all know in The Walking Dead, the CGI can get a little, you know, dicey yeah yeah so we did a bunch of tv um yeah you saw well i guess we'll do movies you saw the hobbit i did correct? i did and and you were pretty happy with it right i didn't get to see that one i yeah. uh i have no movies this holiday season except the interview i guess but tell me about the hobbit it um i i really enjoyed it i i went back so 
I saw the first one high frame rate, uh, no 3D. I just saw it high frame rate, and it was a little distracting. I, I had a hard time getting used to it, and it and it kind of pulled me out of the movie. Like I was focusing way too much on the high frame rate aspect of it, just because it was something new and 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 novelty. Uh, so when I saw the Desolation of Smog, I went just flat out 2D, no 3D, no high frame rate, just just flat out 2D. Um, I like that one the best. Uh, so this one I went and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go full bore. So I went to the Cinemark XD theater, saw it 3D high frame rate on the big XD screen, which is kind of like a, a faux, like a faux IMAX. It's, it's not really like a full IMAX, but it's, it's the bigger screen. Sure. Um, the high frame rate didn't bother me as much. Like I definitely noticed it. Um, and it, to me, it worked a lot better this time. Like I really actually enjoyed seeing it in high frame rate and, and the 3d I thought was a little, and maybe just because of the high frame rate and everything was so clear, I was so pulled in to begin with. I really didn't notice a lot of 3d. Um, the coolest 3d effect was there at the end, there's a scene and there's a lot of snow. And I swear there's times where I felt like just like waving my hand up and batting the snowflakes out of, out of my vision. Cause it was that good. Uh, so stuff like that came off came off really well, and the dragon stuff stuff was worked well as also. Um, I I still say that this should have been two movies. Like this would have been perfectly fine if they could have chopped down one of these movies. Uh, th- There's almost a whole movie's worth of content, I guess. What I'm saying that that would have probably been okay to just just make it two movies. But that being said, I, I did enjoy it. I, I did I did I thought it was I thought it was solid. Um, I, th- I think it made, you know, in my duties voting, I think it was number five out of the top five of our, of our non-superhero uh, list, non-comic book list. Um, it, it just, you know, the acting is very well done. Um, you know, the effects and everything were just really well done. Um, you know, so overall I was happy with it. But, but, uh, but like I said, I, I just think overall, they, I, think, I think it would have been a better maybe experience if they did two instead of three. Right, which is the opposite of the trends now. I guess we're lucky that this part three wasn't part yeah. one and part two of, yeah. of part three. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of which, I guess the last movie I saw was uh, the Mockingjay, mm. um, part one, which you know it's it's good. Uh, it opened up the story. Um, I haven't read. I've only read the first book. I didn't read the, the second or third book. So. Um, I didn't have any expectations going in, but like you have said to me, Russ, the first two movies are, you know, they take place within the games. Right. So it's kind of like more of the same um, until the end of the second movie when they break out of the games. Uh, so now in this third movie, the part one of Mockingjay, uh, they're out in the world and this revolution is happening. So it's much more of like a war movie. Nice. And it was good. Yeah, it, it was good. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Like you said, could there be trim here, trim there, and make it one long movie? Definitely. Um, but they're not. They're just not going to do it because they're going to make a boatload twice sure. instead of <laughs> instead of a, a, a boatload once. Um, well, it makes sense because you, you know you film it both at the same time, so it doesn't cost twice what. A single movie would cost it probably costs like you know what one and a half times or you know 1.7 times um y- you know what it would cost if they made them separately so yeah 
Jennifer Lawrence, you know, awesome. And uh, I got a little Natalie Dormer fix in it as well. Nice. Yeah, which is always nice. She doesn't have a huge part, but uh, it was enough. So, so that's the last time I was at the movies. Now, did you see? I think you saw it because it's. I think it's out vi- on video or recent or coming or um, rental or something like that. Did you see? I, I went. The, so I think the last movie I saw before the Hobbit was Gone Girl. Yes, I did. I I have seen Gone Girl. <laughs> yes. It's probably my uh, what's that category we have in the duties? The WTF? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not a not a bad movie by by any stretch. And again, did not read the book, so I know it was very loyal to the book, which I'm sure people were happy with. But I guess yeah. you kind of know what's coming then. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like a well. <laughs> I yeah, I, I still don't know what I think. You know. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought it was going one way. And then it hits that gear where they reveal that she's driving away, so she's not even dead. Right. Um, so that totally changes the whole movie, you know. And then the Doogie Howser stuff like made me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what you think? I know you enjoyed it. You know, w- I- you were okay with the ending and how it all. No. So that's <sighs> that's what I struggled with, you know, because it's again, I think it's one of those. I'm 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 dinging it for what it for what it was for what I wanted it to be versus what it was. I really had a problem with the ending. Like I really was like, uh, you know, full I guess full spoiler here. So again, if you don't want to hear about Gone Girl, then flip ahead. But um, the fact that he stays with her, and you know, I, I and I guess she's pregnant. So I assume you know for a while I thought, well, is that is that Neil Patrick Harris's baby or, and then I guess because of the timing that doesn't, it doesn't work out that way. It's, it's definitely his, but you know, like she's crazy. Like she's just yes. psychopathic. And yes. I guess, it, and again, I get, you know, as I stay more removed from it, I think I, you know, I start to, I start to think about these things and I guess that maybe the point of it was that Ben Affleck's character was just so weak like at the end of the day, he's just a weak character that, or, you know, and a weak person that he would stay with her just because he felt like he had to. I, you know, I don't know. It just, it was, I, 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 I felt like there should have been ten more minutes to that movie that I didn't see. It's, it's funny that you say that because the minute that I got home from seeing it, I went right to the internet because <laughs> I was sure that I missed something. And what I've come to figure out or to, uh, what I'm doing in my head is th- the people that read the book say it was much more evident in the book that he was staying because he was afraid for the child. Uh, uh. That because of the way how crazy she was and the way that she could manipulate and scheme he he felt that the the baby and himself were safer with him in the picture. Mm, yeah. But they really didn't hit that point. Like I think he mentions her being pregnant like to his sister quickly. 
Like they really yeah. didn't nail that home that that's why he had to stay. Like right. he says, like we're having a baby. Like it's like a throwaway line almost. Right. Um. So I'm totally with you. They they didn't nail that point home that that's why he had to stay with her. Yeah. So so I was I was with you on that, and I agree. Like I think we're supposed to think he's a douche the whole movie. Yeah. But it really, I don't know, it like I, I was definitely going, you know, in the beginning of the movie when we didn't know that she was alive, when she was dead. I was pretty sure he didn't do it, but I, but we kept saying, like, why isn't he like crying? Why isn't he like all yeah. beat up? And then you go, well, you know, they kind of tell you that he really didn't love her because, you know, and he's having the affair, but. You know, I don't know. He's just kind of a weenie, which I think Ben Affleck did a good job of being yes. a weenie. Yes. But and you know what's funny too? Like he is a weenie, but he's got his Batman beef on him. Did you notice like <laughs> yes. how big Ben yes. Affleck was? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so he's like trying to like I don't know. They're throwing him. In, he was constantly in like a giant t-shirt and like a flannel thrown over it. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it was so evident that he was like jacked. Yeah, and it was, the one thing I thought was cool was I, I pretty much figured out that she was still alive fairly early on. I was like, this is way too convenient. I bet you she's still alive. Um, and so then she was, and then I was like, oh, this is unreliable narrator. So every time she's reading from her diary, it's all complete bullcrap. Like, right. like it's not like he didn't do any of those things. Like he didn't throw her or hit her or get violent with her. Or, he probably wasn't laying around as much as, as she said, which then made it really interesting because it's like, what was he really like? Because I don't think we ever really knew, other than the scenes he was directly in that weren't told from her perspective, like right. what he was like. And I think it was done that way on purpose. But, um, but, but then when you throw in the affair, yeah, it yeah. turns that on its head. So, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's like, is he a douchebag? Isn't he a douchebag? But he's having the affair. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, that, exactly. And, and you know, is it just because he knew she was crazy? And, you know, that's, you know, that that's that's what led him down that path or, you know, what was going on? Uh, but I, I tell you, you know, Fincher knows how to make a movie. I mean, you know, cinematography, action, directing, you know, even the script were all solid. Like I. I thought I liked watching the movie more than I liked the movie, if, if that makes any sense at all. No, it, it definitely does. And, and I really appreciated the way it became a different movie, but I liked the first movie <laughs> better than yes. the second movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I enjoyed trying to figure out you know exactly what was going on, and like you said, I I probably didn't come up with that she was still alive, but I knew he didn't do it. So then you start trying to figure out who could have done it, or you know, and you never know if they're just going to pull something out of their butts or right. if they're leaving you breadcrumbs that you can figure it out. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, interesting. So it's kind of like you know, two in a row for Fincher for me that. Again, I think the movie looked better than it actually played. I mean, the girl with dragon tattoo, you know, both of us have seen the, um, I guess, what is it, Swedish? Swedish, yeah. yeah the Swedish versions. Uh, and liked, I, I personally like those better than the American version. Um, I, 
But again, I thought the American version was shot better, which obviously it had much bigger budget. The first one was done for Swedish television. It wasn't done for Swedish cinema. Um, so obviously the budgets and everything were, were better for you know a big budget American movie. So it looked better, but I just I didn't think that the act. Well, I guess I think I wasn't a big fan of Rooney Mara's um, Lisbeth. I, I think um, uh, Numi Rapace did a much better job on the Swedish version. Um, but I did like Daniel Craig better as the news guy than the guy that played him in the Swedish version. So, um, but yeah, so it's just kind of weird thing with Fincher where it's just like, I like watching his, I like the look of his movies a lot better than the movies themselves sometimes. Sure. I haven't seen, uh, Exodus gods and Kings. Cause I, I mean, you Ridley Scott. So I'm usually in on Ridley Scott. Um, but I haven't had a chance to, to go out and see that. And I've heard not so great things about it in general. But, you know, just from an aesthetic point of view, I'd, I'd like to, to see it. Yeah, and, and I'm hearing very similar things coming out of that movie. Like, looks great, you know, and mess of a script or more of the same in the story, but great right. looking movie. And I don't um, even know, like, coming up what we really, like, what's really coming up. You know, movie-wise, I mean, I think we're really in kind of a kind of a dead zone here coming into to January. There's not a ton, uh, you know, ton coming up that that's really kind of got me captivated until you know, probably like March or so. Yeah, and that's like the new sweet spot, right? Like March yeah. is the early, those early summer movies started turning into March, and I guess this is the dead uh, the dead zone as you get through the you know, NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl and <laughs> right until Marvel decides they want to hit that February spot. And then that'll be the new gold mine <laughs> of, uh, of and I really making. believe I'm, t- I, I'm telling you, I think they're starting to when you have a franchise this strong in terms of the Marvel brand, I should say you really people are going to go see the movie yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Why not put it out in February? I mean, if 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 Guardians of the Galaxy two was coming out in a month, it would still make a billion dollars. It yep. doesn't have to be in June, right? And you could reverse it. You could put Ant Man out in June to give it a little extra boost. Yeah, I I do wonder if they're cutting themselves off at the ankles a little bit in releasing. So we got Avengers Age Ultron at the beginning of May, and I guess at the end of July we get Ant-Man. But still, it's like two and a half months, um, and we're getting another one. And obviously, you know, I just I just wonder if, you know, by having, and I guess by that point, Avengers will probably be out of the theaters, or if it's still in the theaters, it'll probably be at the end of its run, and not maybe not in that many, uh, not not on that many screens. But, you know, given how much money the first one made and people went and saw it, you know, multiple times, I'm just curious to say if like, oh, if there's a new Marvel movie out, maybe instead of going to see Avengers for the third time, people will go see Ant-Man. And I, um, you know, I just wonder if maybe they shouldn't have either pushed it further into August or, um, you know, since they don't have a a winter movie in 2015, if if maybe they should have pushed it then. But then I guess Disney has to worry about competing with themselves because star Wars is coming out at the end in December. So I guess it's, that's a tough one. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Ant-Man's very interesting to me, uh, just because of the problems that it had in there and they seem to be 
there seems to be quite a bit less of press and hype and, and you know, the prep for Ant-Man. And I know you just uh, – we, we put something on our Facebook for It's All Connected that the trailer has been uh, – what's the word that they use? Classified. Uh, has been classified. So the trailer has been passed, I guess, by censors, really, right? Like they have to – yeah, I guess it, it's it, it's been classified as PG in Canada, which I I'm assuming means it has the this this preview has been approved for all audiences kind of thing that we get in the at least in the U.S. Sure, I'm assuming. And and there's been speculation that that means we'll see it soon, which would be maybe Agent Carter. I'm not sold on them putting that trailer on with the TV show. I was trying to think of what was coming out in theaters that it would match up with, but. Yeah, I don't know that Disney really has anything, you know, coming out in the theaters that that it would it would line up with, um, you know, in January. It just I, I thought maybe that Into the Woods, maybe if they were going to put it on that, but that movie's already out, so uh, right. so it's definitely not coming up with that. And everything else is kind of like, um, you know, not not quite artsy fartsy, but just stuff. It just seems like this is the stuff that can't really play head to head with a summer blockbuster, but yet isn't Oscar worthy that we need to make sure we rush it out at the begin, you know, the beginning of you know December kind of right. thing. Um, what about Super Bowl? Is that too late? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think so at all because, um, you know, it's tough though. But you know, for Super Bowl, do you want to do Age of Ultron? You know. Uh, you know, to, to maximize that. I think they're in just a weird spot where, you know, there's only so much advertising dollars and there's only so much budget. So what do they, you know, how do they, how do they go about that? You know, like what, where do they spend that money? Is it better to spend it, you know, doing, you know, doing age of Ultron or, or, or trying to get, or trying to get the word out for Ant-Man, you know, obviously age of Ultron is going to make a billion dollars um, without a super hyped up, you know, box office machine. Uh, whereas Ant Man can maybe take advantage of it. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a good question. I, I don't see it coming. I think maybe after the last debacle they had with trying to get the Age of Ultron trailer, uh, that yeah. maybe they maybe they won't go that way. Or maybe I think that would be a good way to do it. Personally, uh, I, I think if they just kind of tightened up the controls on it, I think they can make it work. Um, but I'm I'm really anxious to see a trailer for that. I'm really really curious to see what it's going to be like. And while we're doing Marvel, I guess we've never officially talked about Spider-Man. <laughs> no, no. Do you think it has any sort of real legs? Uh, you know, I hate to never say never, because I think for enough money, I think Sony might be willing to lend out that character to the Marvel franchise as a cameo type appearance or even as a, like a featured role. I don't see Sony saying we're done with this character. We'll sell it back to you because a Sony's highest grossing movie of 2014 was the amazing Spider-Man two and it's global box office was double what the next movie was for them, which was 22 jump street. So Sony is not going to be able to take 150 million on a budget and probably 100 million on, in marketing. So Sony's not going to be able to take 250 million dollars 
and turn it into 700 million globally for anything else they have in their repertoire. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So I know there's a lot of talk of, oh, it disappointed, it didn't make a billion. Right, but what else does Sony have that if they would have taken that money, they could have gotten a billion out of? The 23, 23 Jump Street in the world of Men in Black. Yeah. It's gold. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I just, I, I think some of this talk about, you know, Sp- Amazing Spider-Man 2 being a failure um, is a little overblown. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the movie overall. Uh, you know, it had its problems, but even if the next one has diminishing returns and makes $600 million, again, where is Sony going to take $250 million and turn it into $600 million? They just can't. So in order for them to dish that off to back to Marvel, Marvel would have to pony up way more cash than would be feasible. I mean, maybe they do a co-financing or co-production deal where they split, you know, basically they're splitting the cost of the movie and splitting the profits. But then you get into issues because if Marvel does it, they're going to want control. You know, they are not going to want to give that movie over and let Sony have any creative control over it if, if it's going to have the Marvel banner on it at all. And I think that's something Sony is not going to want to give up. Yeah. But I could I could, but like I said, I can definitely see them telling Marvel, "Hey, for 15 million, yeah, we'll let you have this character in this movie as long as his screen time doesn't exceed X number of minutes or whatever." And then Sony doesn't have to do anything but collect a paycheck. It, it's it's a funny situation because Spider-Man is such an important part. You know, like, they can totally write out mutants in the comics and make it inhumans or not create any new mutants anymore. Uh, You know, they can... Even Fantastic Four. I mean, Fantastic Four is a big part of the comics, but, you know, I I don't know. There isn't really a huge outcry when you cancel the Fantastic Four title. Right. Um, you, you, know, you put you put Spider Man in front of an eight year old and Mister Fantastic in front of an eight year old, and what are they? You know who is more recognizable? You know by tenfold. Exactly, and, and so like when you do, you know Disney, Marvel Studios, uh, you know like the theme park, and you don't have Spider Man with you know Captain America, Iron Man, and Hulk, like everybody misses him. You know, I would think that they would maybe think the same way about Wolverine. But, you know, those movies are doing so well now, too, that it's probably helping them anyway. Sure. You know, so I guess it's like we don't want you hurting Spider-Man and and us not, you know, being able to have our hand in it at all either. Right. Um, where they may not care for the for the some of the other properties. You know, I don't know. It's just funny that they've never approached anybody about anybody else, but Spider-Man, they're kind of, it makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think they, it's a single character. It would be easy to flip flop back and forth without causing much of a stir. I, I think it's an easy thing to do um, in general. Um, but yeah, I, again, I hate to say never say never because, you know, money talks and, you know, if, if Sony thinks that the interest that Spider-Man appearing in Captain America or the next Avengers movie or something else could could 
revive interest or their perceived lack of interest in their own franchise, uh, then they may be willing to do it. Again, like if all they had to do was just let them use the character and not have to, you know, do anything other than collect a paycheck, that's an that that may be an easy thing for them to do. Right. The nature of it is so easy too. Like he never has to take off his costume, sure. so doesn't have to be Andrew Garfield. You know, they can have an actor that sounds enough like Andrew Garfield for for that purpose, for that cameo. So it's not obvious that it's a different Spider-Man than is in the other movies. Yeah, although I read a report today, and I don't know if this is true because it was like a link I found, I think on Facebook, that Andrew Garfield's out, like he's done. Um, wow. So, yeah, who knows? And if that ends up being true, then it makes the Sony Spider-Man situation get a little bit more interesting. But, um, but again, I just, I just don't buy when people say, uh, you know, oh, you know, Sony's killed Spider-Man, and you know that movie only made seven hundred. It was a huge disappointment. I, I just don't, I, I just don't buy that. I, I think, like I said, I think if a studio could take two fifty and turn it into seven hundred, they would do that all day long. Right. So. That's just my two cents. And even though some of the Sony employees may not feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As we've learned. Yeah, that's uh, that I think that situation is just gonna get crazier and crazier. I think we're gonna I think that's gonna be the gift that keeps on giving for months to come. you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you feel about that. It it, it kind of blew my mind that um, I guess Annie opened on Christmas also, yeah, I didn't realize how late that movie was opening. I mean, that thing was leaked weeks ago. Yeah, and it seems like I've been seeing trailers for that thing forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, I, I was like, wow, this movie's not out yet? Like, I, I thought it was out. Um, yeah, and I guess it's not setting the world on fire either, so. Yeah, and they'll blame, they'll blame the leak for that one. Sure. But they, you know, they'll, uh, you know, they're gonna have to come up with uh, a better plan for digital distribution. All of these companies, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you know, movies like Snowpiercer, uh, and there's been a couple others that have been almost direct, or that have launched digital at the same time as the theater, and had. Uh, you know, mild to moderate success is really going to change the landscape because um, the advertising, the, you know, the, the, uh, I'm sure their revenue share is probably much greater, uh, you know, on the digital side and the, the ability to, to, I guess, you know, for a, for a small budget movie that may not have a huge, huge advertising budget might, be easier to get good word of mouth and get people to pay six bucks as a, as opposed to getting, you know, it wide distribution in, in movie theater chains. I think it's just going to, I mean, everything is just getting interesting. I mean, between that and, you know, we have Amazon and Netflix, you know, directly competing with HBO Showtime and major cable networks. It's kind of up in the ante, you know, like you were saying with that, that show from a, from AMC where they did, did a full order. And sometimes I wonder if these studios aren't doing that because they know that the producers will go to Netflix or they'll go to Amazon. And, you know, Netflix doesn't doesn't greenlight pilots. They look at your stuff and they're like, yep, we'll take 13 episodes or yep, we'll take 26 episodes. Right. Um, 
you know, right up front. Whereas if AMC commissions uh, commissions something to pilot, if they're not producing it in house, there's there's a chance that they could be like, well, you know, AMC is commissioning a pilot, and Netflix will be like, yeah, that's great, but we'll take you know 24 episodes. Um, you know, who do we write the check to? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting, and I know the gap has been closing between, you know, home rental and and the, the time that a movie's out in the theaters. Now it's available on iTunes and and Vudu. Yeah, you know, two, three. I mean, at least two weeks before the home version comes out, you know, to purchase. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I picked know. up Guardians. I, we talked about this on It's All Connected, but. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy came out. What is it? I think uh, I think it was eleven eighteen, November eighteenth. Right, and, um, and December 9th, I think was the yeah, yeah. And I had I had right. some some ultraviolet credit or some voodoo credit, and you know, for basically ten bucks, I got it three weeks early, and you know, um, and then then got the Blu-ray at a later at a later point. So so that was cool. Yes. All right. I'm trying to think what else. Um, I guess uh, I don't know if we want to just talk about stuff coming up in general on the on the network. Unless yeah, you had anything else. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, like we said at the beginning, DC TV, a little bit of a hiatus. You know, uh, early January until stuff comes back, and the boys will be back. Uh, you know, to talk about Constantine when it comes off its hiatus. I guess they're switching the date and the time to help give that show a boost. Uh, which will be good. Um, and of course, Gotham comes back, which that, I think Gotham so far has been the longest hiatus. That that disappeared, um, I want to say like late November, uh, early December, it, it went away. Right. Um, and then Flash and Arrow have been on hiatus for a, a few weeks now, so they'll be coming back soon. Um, our hiatus for It's All Connected is going to be over extremely shortly. Um, yes. because on January the 6th, we will get the first episode, two hour episode of Agent Carter, which I'm looking forward to. And I'm really going to be curious to see how that does. It'll be funny if the ratings for Agent Carter, uh, vastly outpace the ratings for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and what kind of dilemma that may or may not put, uh, ABC, uh, Disney in. Yeah. Um, I wonder, you know, that they're, they're pushing it hard. Yeah. And I think it can reach you know, a different demographic. Oh, absolutely. You know, like if you take that, take that Marvel slogan out of there, you know, not the slogan, take that Marvel fanfare and, and, and graphic out of there. People that don't know better, that older audience might be thinking, you know, Hey, world war two spy thriller, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, female heroine. So, I mean, you, you know, again, Haley Atwell is a striking woman. So you get, you know, you get the boys in, uh, and the fact that it's a kick-ass woman, you get the girls in. Yeah. Uh, so I think it, I think it definitely has, has a wide appeal and I hope, I hope it does well. I mean, it, it's again, I've, I've said this many times just on many shows, but that whole world war two era, you know, story is kind of right in my wheelhouse. And so I really love the agent Carter character from the first movie, uh, Captain America, the, the first Avenger. So to get more of her, I think Dominic Cooper is fast as is, is uh, excellent as Howard Stark. So have him back is it'll be great as well. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, as we heard from Brad earlier, Half Hour Wasted is back on a mostly regular schedule. I guess this week, uh, as you hear this, I think they're going to do another random audio files just with the holiday uh, and everything, which those are always uh, interesting. 
uh, to say the least. But I guess the boys will be back with the regular recording from there. Uh, Walking Dead will still be on hiatus until February. Uh, I've said this before. The season started and didn't quite get it to work in, but I'm really hoping we could do a one or two episode uh, stint on Walking Dead to talk about All Out War, whether that's one episode or two. I'm not sure at this point. Uh, it was a 12 issues of the comic, so I really want to try and squeak that in in the hiatus before we come back in February, uh, which hopefully is very doable. Um, movies are still coming out every week. So Aaron and Abe will still be going on uh, on out now to, to discuss all that. So tune in for your weekly new movie fix for those guys. They they won't be going on hiatus. Right. Um, I'd assume Ichapod Cranecast is on hiatus as well. Yes. Yeah. And Don't I guess know the, much about that show, but uh, yeah, and I'm not sure the ratings. I guess have been a little uh, poor, not as great uh, this season as last, but uh, but hopefully those guys will be able to keep going on that show um the newest show i guess to the network that will be just debuting very soon yes the whedonverse the whedonverse podcast yes we have uh we have jordan and jesse that are going to be joining our network they're going to be doing a podcast all on joss whedon's works um, starting with Buffy, it's a pretty cool concept. You know, they're going to start with Buffy. I think they're going to cover two Buffy episodes uh, per show until they're through with, you know, the entire Buffy uh, slate, which was how many? What are we? Seven, seven seasons, seven right? Seasons, seven yeah. seasons. And then they're going to hit Angel, and they're going to hit Cabin in the Woods, and they're going to hit Firefly, and they're going to hit Dollhouse. They're just going to yeah. go through uh, the Whedonverse which is very cool, and, and we're happy to have them. And I think we're shooting for the first week of January. So, you know, sometime next week-ish, uh, you know, look out for the Weedenverse podcast. It'll be on the Master Feed. So if you listen to the Master Feed and you get all of these shows that we're talking about on that feed, the Weedenverse will jump right in there as well. Um, otherwise, you can subscribe just to them. Uh, just like you do the rest of our shows via the website, via iTunes. Uh, I know they're looking to be on Stitcher as well. And uh, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to, you know, having a new show in the fold. And uh, it's definitely a topic that, you know, the Whedon stuff, I'm kind of, I've seen all of it, but I wouldn't call myself versed in all of it, you know. Um, sure, It'll yeah. be interesting to hear the intricacies that they may come up with. Um, this isn't Jordan from Jersey, Jordan. This is no. new, new, we, so now we have old Jordan, who is actually probably younger than new Jordan. Um, just to confuse you more. Um, yes, but, other but the, Jordan. Yes, this is this is new Jordan on uh, Whedonverse. Yes. So we new voices to hear yeah. on the network. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun and cool. And and you know we've been doing a lot of work um, on the site as well. Uh, we have some new bloggers. Uh, Grant has been doing some comic reviews from down under. Yes. Grant is uh, from the future in Australia. And uh, we have Tom doing some Marvel stuff. And we've been you know, keeping up with the press releases and, and different blogs and stuff like that. So if you've you know, left our website behind for a while saying, oh, you know, I subscribe to the podcasts and there's really nothing much otherwise going on on the site – that was probably true for a long time. 
Uh, but we're we're working on it. We got some good stuff going up there now. So uh, definitely go back to hhwlod.com and, and check it out. Indeed. Um, and throw some iTunes reviews around. You know, if you like what you're hearing on the network, um, all of the shows as well as the master feed have uh, iTunes subscriptions now. Uh, the DC TV podcast had a little couple technical issues with its separate feed uh, for iTunes. It worked fine and everywhere else. Just the iTunes feed was a little weird. Uh, I got that sorted out, so it is now, uh, as you listen to this, should be listed on iTunes. Um, so, yeah, it, give us give us some iTunes reviews. That would be fantastic. And especially for you It's All Connected listeners, we're going to have a contest uh, tied into uh, some face, some iTunes reviews. Uh, I think, John, between John and I, we have a couple... Uh, we probably have a couple uh, Guardians of the Galaxy digital codes that we'll probably be throwing out there, so... Sure. Might be worth your while to uh, to drop some reviews to enter the pool. Definitely. And we still have um, the big Twitter account, HHWLOD underscore network, where uh, you know all the new episodes get tweeted out, all the new blogs get tweeted out to make you aware. And of course the Facebook group for the uh, for the network and for it's all connected, I think has a pretty lively uh facebook group as well and yeah. uh always the walking dead their their presence will be known yes yes absolutely all right so we hope everyone enjoyed uh this winging it that uh we tried uh <laughs> <laughs> i think it turned out okay we we certainly came up with things to talk about and uh you know you'll be back to your regularly scheduled program soon And Happy New Year to everybody. Yes. Happy New Year. See you soon.